We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Now imagine working with one of the music world's biggest producers, having a buzzworthy musical project, the backing of a major label, and the media is raving over your work. Well, you're being wined and dined, and then it all falls apart because of new technology and the rise of the internet. Well, that happened to James Grundler, then the frontman of alternative band Palo Alto. Now, James fronts the band Golden State after regrouping, reinventing, and deciding to be fiercely independent. We're picking back up with James as he chats about the search for Golden State. Now, you stopped chasing record deals with Golden State, and you put together your own business plan. So you are the master of your destiny. You know, I wish I would have known. I mean, it's the old old tale here. I wish I knew all this then because, man, there are so many avenues now on ways to just make a little bit of money and get your name out there and survive as a recording artist. So how much are you hustling? I'm hustling all the time. I mean, my main income is uh, I write music for TV and film. I do a lot of licensing. Okay. What was crazy is before Golden State really kind of came together, a friend of mine by the name of Eric Craig, who works over at Lakeshore Entertainment, he's the music supervisor over there for all their films and stuff, he was the one that really kind of pushed me into the realm of writing for film. Okay. There was a film that they were part of called Henry Poole is Here, and it was directed by Mark Pellington, who was a huge music director. He did Jeremy by Pearl Jam, all this stuff. Okay. And made all this, mm. made big, big, big awards and stuff. And and anyway, he was directing this film, and, and he said, hey, I want you to go down and meet with Mark over at the Warner Brothers soundstage. And this is, you know, I'm still struggling trying to get things going here. And I said, sure. I went down, and he says, okay, we meet each other. And he's a very, very cool, gentle person. A big guy. So he's a gentle giant. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, okay, so there's a few artists that are up for this part. I heard a couple of your songs, and I really like what you're doing. Let me play you this video clip, and then... I want you to go and try to write something to this, this clip. Okay. So this was your this. test. It's kind of a test, yeah. yeah. And so he shows me the clip, and I go, all right, I got it. I got my head around this. And I go back to my my rehearsal studio, which was right down the street from Warner Brothers. And then uh, about 15 minutes later, I call him up and say, hey, I have something I want to show you. I think you dig it. And so I come down, and he's all excited. And, and He's like, oh, you know, I actually played you the wrong scene. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. He's like, well, let's see if it even works with the scene we got. Sure enough, he plays the new scene, and the song fits so well. It actually fits better in the new scene than it did in the old scene. Oh, wow. And, it's, and this was just some rough garage band, you know. Version, yeah. Version of a song. But he really had a great vision of music and stuff. And, uh, and he, uh, he said, we love it. We're going to see if these other artists come through. And I'm like, well, who are the other artists? He's like, well, we have you two, and we got the Verve. Oh. And so we, we want these songs by them. And if, if they can't do it, because obviously they're going to ask a lot of more money than I would have. For right, this. right, yeah. <laughs> so a week later, I find out that the other uh, artists turned it down, and I got the part uh, with the song and the film. And that kind of started the whole thing of writing music for movies and TV and, and I haven't looked back since. It wow. was kind of a, it was this really kind of weird thing how how fate just stepped in. You so know? now was, the, whole, the whole thing with the BBC and your song being the theme for the BBC broadcast of, <laughs> for the Royal Wedding, I mean, how did that happen? Well, 
Well, once again, I mean, that's when you're this huge rock star like myself. You're, you're known you're known throughout the world, and of course, royalty wants to know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, honestly, that was just pitched through a licensing company okay. that I work with. The the people over there just happened to love the song. And So what and, was your uh, reaction when you found that out? I mean, I was like, it sounds a little ridiculous, but sure, I'll, 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 I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. That's pretty cool. If you just joined us, alternative band Golden State in the house, James Grundler, songwriter and frontman, talking about the ups and downs of his musical path. The latest music has a lot of imagery. Reptilian is going to be probably the new single that's going to be released okay. for the new record. And, you know, a lot of it is, once again, just using metaphors and analogies to, to color the reality of what it is. And, okay. you know, reptilian, to me, is kind of like a, a governing body, per se, or where we're at, you know, with some sort of political stance. And it just feels like we're in a, you know, like uh, the scene with Indiana Jones when he's stuck in the tomb and he's, you know, surrounded by all these snakes. <laughs> and he's right. just like, I hate snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you write, do you see movies in your head? Do you see scenes? Yes. Okay. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Has that been enhanced since you've gotten more into the film movie area? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, now, do I you mean, see movies that already are, or do you make up your own movies in your head as you're writing? More of like I make them up in my okay. head as I'm writing the thing, especially when I'm writing a song, I will see it in my mind as if it was a music video. Okay. Like, oh man, I can really see this song, like, doing this, like, we're driving in a car and this kind of thing, you know, you see this kind of image and stuff, and it kind of portrays itself and starts to unveil itself as you're going. Have you always been uh, that way? I think so. I think uh -huh. I'm a real visual person. Visual. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. More, more than ever. But I, I think now I've honed it more just yes. because I understand the concept around how things are made visually. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, working on this side of the, of the spectrum has been super beneficial in just my ordinary writing that I write for myself because okay. writing for other artists and writing for because I, I did a I wrote a, a track with the producer John Shanks we wrote it for this band it was a boy band called Westlife okay uh, yeah and it became a number one hit song you know in the UK and, and Europe and stuff and it was really fascinating to write a song for someone else and not have to be you so you could step into a different pair of shoes or wear a different hat a different mask or whatever right. you wanted to do and yes. it just made it so exciting so I enjoy writing stuff for other people those are great practices and tools to do a lot because it helps you to not be so judgmental on what you're right. writing for yourself. And you probably you are able to get rid of your own inhibitions about what you want to say and totally. throw that out. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, completely. I mean, at the, in the old days, I was so afraid to sound so, I guess, simple. I or guess, cliche. Yeah. Or cliche, but that's pop music, right. you know, but I was so afraid to do that. So I would go the full other side of it and then I would sound so ridiculous and people were like I don't even know what you're talking about well, I'm just like well I'm an artist I'm being poetic yeah, yeah. You know? so yeah. James what's next for Golden State well uh, finishing up the EP and okay. uh, hopefully start getting getting the push on for the first single to radio and, and firing the engines back up again alright yeah. and I want to yeah. ask you who has been I love your voice who oh, has thanks. been your influences vocal wise you know, I started from singing so different when I first started singing to where I'm, I am now. And uh -huh. I, I think a lot of it has to do with 
just the music that you grew up with listening to as a kid. And yeah. I was really fascinated with the Beach Boys and the Beatles and stuff when I was younger. And then, of course, a lot of the Motown stuff. And then, and then when the whole new wave scene came in, you know, I was I was big into The Cure and Morrissey and The Smiths and all that okay. kind of stuff. And and Echo and the Bunnymen and U2 and Simple Minds. And you are a musical mutt. Yeah, really, kind of like like that, and then you know, eventually, it's like that, an amalgamation of that, and, and then now it's kind of like I just do do me now. Uh-huh. I mean, eventually, because you eventually find you find your voice. The more you do it, obviously, you find your voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and sometimes you have to travel far and wide to find out exactly who you are. Yeah, and you can do that from the comfort of your own seat too. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the internet. Yeah. Very profound words. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Right. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> All right, James. Well, we want to thank you for sharing your musical journey with us. Anytime. All right. James Grendler, frontman of LA band Golden State. Up next, comedian Roy Wood Jr., The Mulberry Lane Show. Here's Golden State's upcoming single, Reptilian. You want to live a life. Make a deal. You wanna take it all, honey? You don't know how it feels. You wanna start a fire. 